Business is brought to you by Audible.com. Everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Married with a Business. I'm Craig. And I'm Allison. And we're Married with a Business. We're here to share some tips and tricks and stories about what it's like to be uh, married, owning a business, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, spending lots of time together. So, Allison, an exciting week for us. Very exciting. Do you know why? No. <laughs> you don't know why? I don't. I'm going to play the fun role this week. Okay, I'll let you. I actually do know. I was just updating our calendar. It's our anniversary. Woo-hoo! Married for 17 years. We've actually worked together. I f- keep forgetting this all the time. Longer. I've worked together. We've worked together in the business for 20 years, but we've only been married for 17. Yeah, and, you know, we, wor- we worked in Almar together for what, that long, and um, we worked together when we first met. Yeah, so I think it's interesting, but uh, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to you, too. Lovely. Seven- Are we doing anything exciting for our 17th anniversary? No. No. It's a Thursday. It's a th- <gasps> oh, we got married on a Thursday, though. We got married on a Thursday. It's a Thursday, yeah. Uh, no, uh, we've got work next weekend, home show coming up. We've got Always. We always have the... At least it's not on our anniversary. That is true, so... You know what? We'll go play left, center, right with uh, the fundraiser for school for yeah. our anniversary. Okay, there you go. So, anyways, happy anniversary. A wonderful 17 years of being together. Um, and, uh, you know... It's kind of neat. Thanks for putting up with the crazy. We're going to have to plan something big for 20. Is that is that what we want to do? Sure. Maybe we can, for 20, we can celebrate my 40th and my 40th birthday five years later. <laughs> there you go. We'll just try to pack it. That's us. We like to package our, <laughs> our big our big trips and celebrations. We just package them, yeah. you know, into one big thing. So uh, this week, we were lucky to have a good friend of ours and somebody who knows a lot about insurance, Patrick Powers from Rogers Gray, um, join us, Allison. And it was really nice to have him on the show. Yeah, Patrick's been in the insurance industry for over 25 years. He uh, was originally from Buffalo. He's been here in the Boston area for the last, oh goodness, 12 years. Um, And he's really knowledgeable about lots of areas of insurance. He's kind of, he went to school to be a history teacher. So he loves all that kind of fine detail and statistics. And he's that kind of nerd that once you get him on a roll, you're like, okay. But um, yeah, if you have a question about it, it's really good. And so I've, we've thought, We've talked a lot about key person insurance in the past. And so, again, I wanted to know more about it, you know, as we're getting to an age where we want to look at, you know, structuring the business a little bit better, structuring our family a little bit better and having protections in place in case something happens to somebody who is a key person in our business or in our house. So I thought this was a great time to chat with him about what key person insurance is and how it plays into our planning. Yeah. I'm not sure how he's going to feel about you calling him a nerd, but... He's going to love it. Take a few minutes here and listen to Patrick Powers from Rogers Gray talk about key person insurance. Hi, everybody. We're joined today by Patrick Powers, the Senior Director of Business Development at Rogers and Gray Insurance Company. Thanks for joining us today, Patrick. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So, Patrick, tell us a little bit about how you got involved in, in insurance to start with. Your story. So, I uh, came from a family-owned business. My father was an insurance agent. I wanted absolutely nothing to do with insurance. Working for him, one of my first jobs was actually stuffing envelopes for his holiday calendars. And I went to college to be a high school history teacher. But during that time, I actually sold insurance to pay for uh, pay for college, basically, and kind of fell in love with it and fell into it. Uh, through that time, I ended up starting my own agency, 
Uh, I went to work for another company after selling my agency, went to work for Fortune 100 for about uh, 10 plus years, and then most recently in the last year got poached to come work for Rogers Gray, where I'm at now. And so I've been in insurance 20 plus years at this point in my career. Nice. So one of the reasons we asked you to be on this week is, you know, insurance is one of those things that, you know, maybe not everybody loves to purchase, but it is sort of like a life necessity. And when you own and operate your own business as a husband and wife team, uh, there's a lot of things to think about when it comes to insurance and what insurances are right and wrong and, and can help you. How, I guess if somebody's starting off and they're thinking about, okay, I need to protect my family and my assets and my business, like where should they start? Like what's the, what's the place to begin? You know, a lot of businesses, initially they look at the liability risk, right? If they're going to go out and be in the community, be in people's homes, uh, have customers come to them in a storefront, they want to protect that liability. God forbid something happens and they're at fault and they're going to get sued for a lot of money. Liability is one of the first things they'll go out and purchase. The next part you have to look at is do you own assets like vehicles, uh, office space, buildings, whatever it might be. There's some insurance for that. And then, of course, you're going to have employees and so there's different things like benefits and such that you're going to want to put in place to make sure not only can you attract and retain uh, the best talent to your company, but that you're taking care of your employees as well. So aside from those typical, you know, the kind of the big four insurances that you put together when you're when you're starting a business, when you're a husband and wife entrepreneurs like Craig and I are and you have work and home tied together, what are some other things that we should be thinking about that maybe not everybody is? You know, one thing I often see is, so I'm a strong believer in life insurance. I've been a licensed life insurance agent for almost two decades now, uh, on top of the property and casualty insurance licenses that I hold. And when you have somebody, uh, you have a husband and wife team, especially if kids or family are involved, everybody knows you should probably have life insurance in place. God forbid something happens to one of the spouses to protect uh, the other spouse, protect the financial interest, protect uh, the kids with educational expenses. But when you look at a business, it's very similar. You want to protect the value of that business. So having a thing, there's a something out there, it's called key person life insurance. It's something that either as a husband and wife team, as the founders, or even some of your staff or employees, if you have somebody who's very valuable to your company, uh, the question you can ask yourself is, if this person were to pass away tomorrow, would it be financially devastating to the company? you should have key person life insurance on that employee because it's going to help continue the revenue stream, protect the company from that aspect uh, to make sure you can uh, have business continuity along the way. Now tell me a little bit more about this. Is that insurance that their, their spouses would get or is that insurance for us in the, as, in the business? Great question. So with a typical life insurance policy, you're going to have an owner, an insured, a payer, and a beneficiary. The owner is a person who has the rights to make the decisions on the policy. The insured is the person that if they die, that's when the policy pays out. And the payor is simply who's cutting the checks, right? Who's paying the premium? So in a typical husband and wife situation for a personal policy, I'll use myself as an example. I have a life insurance policy on myself. I'm the owner and I'm also the insured and I also pay the bills. But if I pass away, my wife is the beneficiary, right? She'll get the money. She'll make sure that she can continue our lifestyle. From a business perspective, for key person life insurance, the business is the owner, the business is typically the payor, and the business is also the beneficiary. They would receive the death benefit should something happen to that employee. The insured, the life you're insuring, is that key person, whether it be the founder, 
a key salesperson, a top engineer, whatever it might be. And that needs to be a person and not a position, right? So like I wouldn't be, I would be insuring Mark, not my, not pro, my, not any production manager. Correct. It's going to, going to be based on, uh, the individual person that it is. And when they rate a policy, when you go to sit down and look, what's the cost, how much is it going to cost? It's going to be factored on that employee. Some of the rating factors that come in, for example, are their age, their health, the revenue that they might bring in, their salary that they might command. It's based on that specific person, not the job title. And on the, on the beneficiary side, so if something does happen and there is a payout on, on your key person insurance, you know, it now comes to the business. Are there limitations to what that money can be used for? Honestly, the benefit of life insurance is you may decide how much you need based on certain things like we need to replace this revenue or we're going to have to go out and hire and retain uh, a new person and then train them. But the reality is you're going to get a check from the life insurance company and you can really use it for whatever you want. There's nothing specifically earmarked. That being said, I wouldn't go out and go on a Caribbean vacation if I want to keep my company uh, afloat. Um, maybe that's part of the grieving process. But, uh, you know, that being said, you're going to have those things you can use it for. Really what you want to do is sit down with the decision makers of the company and maybe write out a plan. Hey, if this happens and we get X amount of money, here's what we think we want to use it for from a continuity standpoint. And then how much, you know, you, you, you go out on the internet and you read a lot about how much people should, you know, plan for key person insurance. You hear that, that I think the old adage is 10 times that person's salary. How, how do you kind of determine that number? So there's, it's slightly different than what you might determine for a personal life insurance policy, right? And there's an adage right now that sometimes it's 10. We're seeing a pretty crazy uh, inflation market over the next couple of years. So maybe you need a little more than that. So it could range between 10 and 20%. Realistically, when you look for key person insurance, it's going to be a few different factors. How much revenue does the employee either generate or save, depending on their position? How many years would it take to fully replace them? Not just hire the person, but train them and have them up and running. Because if you have a person who's been in your company for 15 years, you're not going to hire somebody coming out of college or whatever it might be or new to the industry and hit the ground running realistically, right? The other factor becomes what's the cost of recruiting and then how much can the company afford to purchase, right? You may not be able to purchase the full amount, but any amount more than zero is going to be helpful. The last factor is insurance companies may dictate how much they're willing to let you purchase, right? If you have a person whose true value to your company is, let's say, $1 million, you can't go out and buy a $10 million policy because the insurance companies are say, what's going on here, right? They're going to take a look and help underwrite what the true need is. So my advice is work with an independent licensed life insurance professional that has access to multiple different carriers because they can shop the market for you. It's going to save you time so you don't have to go shop 15 different companies, but you can get realistic advice from somebody who has been in the industry for a while to make sure you're picking the right amount. I think we have a, probably a lot of people that are listening, husbands and wives, that, that you know, maybe they have personal life insurance for each other, uh, you know, if it's a half-million-dollar policy or whatever it might be, um, and they're thinking, well, that's that's enough. You know, I, we work in a business together. If if I pass or they pass, um, what would you say to that person that, like, you know, planning on if something did happen, if, if Allison and I, you know, if one of us were to pass in the business that we run together – uh, is what is that number that's enough, not only from a personal side, but a business side? So it's going to be individual. But what I'll say is if somebody has a personal life insurance policy and that's the only policy you have in place, if you run or own a business together, you're going to have to make a really tough decision. Do I want to continue to financially support my family or my business? You're not going to have enough in place to support both. 
So realistically, from a personal standpoint, you have to look at your total assets. You have to look at the income that that person brings in. And I'll pause for a second too. You look at a stay-at-home parent, right? There's all sorts of studies that show stay-at-home parents are worth more than the average CEO nowadays. Because if you think about childcare, daycare, education expenses, who's going to do the laundry? Who's going to mow the lawn? Who's going to clean up the house when you need to? If I'm going to be out trying to run my business and one of my partners pass away, I'm going to probably have to hire somebody to do that. Or I'm going to have to give less to my company so I can take care of my family. So having that in place to take care of my family is step one. Step two is looking at the business. Do I replace myself or can I generate income to hire somebody to replace some of those things? There really isn't a magic number. I hate to say it's individual for everybody. That's where maybe that 10 to 20 times your salary is going to come into place. But it'll be different. If you're young and in your 20s, you have 40-something, 50-something years to grow your income that you're going to need to replace and take care of your family. If you're later in life and you have a ton of assets, you have a lot in savings, you got a big 401k or retirement account, you might not need as much. So it's going to depend on where you are in that life cycle. And is that, you know, when you think about it, you know, term versus whole life policies, you know, be it on the personal side or on the key, key, so key man can only be whole life or can it be either? Great question. So it can actually be both. So with term insurance, right? A lot of people have heard that. What's term insurance? Term is valid for a specific term. 10, 15, 20, 30 years, whatever you purchase the policy for. Realistically, term is for if you die. Perm insurance is permanent policies. There's whole life, there's universal life, there's several different policies that fall under that structure. Whole life is for, or permanent insurance is for when you die. It's going to be valid for the life of that employee or that person that's insured, as long as you keep paying the premiums. One thing that folks don't realize is one, term policies maybe the cheapest option. You can buy the most potential insurance because there's a little less risk from the insurance company standpoint. But whole life's a great benefit because you're going to get something like cash value. There's a thing called cash value where it accrues value within the policy. You can take out loans against it. And it's actually a great benefit or perk to offer to this key person. Should they retire or leave your company, you can actually gift them this policy. If they're still premium owed, they can choose to continue paying it. Or potentially you could cancel that whole life policy collect some of the cash value depending on the terms of the contract and recoup some of the costs that you've spent on that policy for the person. With term insurance though, it's you use it or you don't. With whole life, if you don't use it, you still have some of that cash value to collect. So here's a question that just popped into my mind. So say I insure Patrick who works for us and we have either we have a term a policy and he leaves and but I still have the policy. Can I keep paying the policy on him even though they're no longer a key person in our company? Typically, it'll be contingent on them being an employee. So every carrier might treat it slightly different, but usually what'll happen is that'll be contingent on the contract. You may have to cancel the contract or have it simply non-renew at the next term, depending on the company you're with. But again, that's where that cash value comes into play if you have a whole life policy is, although the policy might go away, that person is no longer a key person, right? Mm -hmm. They quit, you fire them, they retire, whatever it might be your business is no longer contingent on them being there because they're gone, right? Mm -hmm. So should they pass away, there isn't a financial downfall for your company. You would then have to look at who is that person's replacement and purchase a whole new policy. Talk to me a little bit about, I guess, what people should think about, about how somebody passing, a key person, uh, uh, a spouse that's involved in the business, how that affects the business. Yeah, so great question. So there was an awesome study done about two years ago uh, and this is where I'm going to nerd out on insurance a little bit. Uh, there's a University of Warwick and the University of Bergen had two professors that got together. 
uh, they looked at over 300 something companies and what the impact was if the founder, for example, passed away. On average, sales were down 60% over a four year time frame from the death of one of the founders. On top of that, those companies were 20% less likely to survive beyond the two year mark of the founder's passing. So that's a huge impact if you think about it. There's a lot of different factors that come into it. Is the founder the key person? Is there some grievance that happens? Do people leave the company because maybe they had an allegiance to the founder, but now they don't because that person's passed away and somebody else is taking over? So there's a lot of different things that could potentially impact it. Um, but what will happen is this fund that would be generated from the key life insurance policy can help you navigate those waters, right? If people decide to leave, if turnover increases, if one of the spouses has to grieve, right? Or maybe they decide to potentially just shut down the company. They could turn around and offer severance packages. They could pay off loans and debts that they have within the company or whatever it might be. They could, in the end, take time to close shop for a couple of months if they have to and still fund their expenses that are out there. Well, and I think as entrepreneurs, like one of the challenges that we have sometimes is that we are very, we're very gung-ho. We love our ideas and we, and we really want to, you know, we want our businesses to grow, but we don't think about you know, or we don't like to think about the negative side of things, I guess, and the what ifs sometimes on the other end. And so, you know, where, I guess, what would you recommend for somebody that, you know, maybe they need to get started? Who, who would they call first? Who, how, how would they, who would they contact? So first, we're all going to live forever. None of us are going to die. So Wish. it's a perfect world, right? Um, no, I'm just kidding. There's no holy grail, unfortunately. Um, typically, they, again, want to speak with a licensed life insurance professional. So obviously they can call me. I'm happy to, to talk to them. But uh, depending on the state they're in, they want to make sure that person is licensed in their state and they have access to it. They could typically call who their commercial insurance carrier is. But there's a lot of agencies out there that actually don't do life insurance. They focus on commercial or they focus on personal. You can find several agencies, depending where you're at, that will handle everything. They'll have a specialist. One thing I would tell people is, when it comes to something as important as this from a life insurance perspective, don't talk to somebody who just dabbles in it. Not that there aren't some great professionals out there, but if you're dealing with somebody who maybe does it once in a while, right? It's almost the same advice you give somebody that whatever your company does, if you specialize in something versus somebody who may do it 5% of the time, the specialist is going to be a lot better, right? So it's the same with key life insurance. If there's an agency out there that works with commercial can help your employees with personal insurance, and then also touch into life insurance, you're going to make sure you get the right policy for the right cost and have the market shopped for you. Patrick, another question I had was, are there any tax implications for the business um, if, if they do get a payout from the key person insurance? I am so glad you asked that question. Uh, first, I will start this with, I am not an accountant. I am not a licensed tax professional. But from my knowledge, what I know on this, the funds you will use as a business to purchase key life insurance, key person life insurance, is after-tax funds. The death benefit will come to you income tax-free. There's a few caveats. If you're a C-Corp or depending how you're set up, there may be some tax liabilities. But in general, uh, one of the other benefits is there's no tax implication for the employee either, right? It's not considered part of their total compensation unless you set it up where they're the owner of the policy. But in most cases, again, it's going to be the business own it, owns it, the business pays for it, and the business receives uh, the death benefit. The employee is just simply the named insured uh, whose life you're insuring at that point. So one of the best parts about life insurance, not just for your business, but for yourself and your family, especially if you're a husband and wife or spouse team, husband, husband, wife, wife, whatever it may be, 
is when life insurance pays out, it bypasses probate, right? Should somebody pass away, so you don't have to wait for that money, as long as you have a valid death certificate and you didn't smother your spouse in their sleep, that death benefit is gonna pay out pretty quickly and it comes in income tax-free. So if you're thinking I have, oh, I've got $300,000 sitting in this bank account somewhere, that'll pass on to my kids. Not if the state gets their hands on it, not if lawyers get involved, not if there's issues like a divorce or whatever it might be. Life insurance will simply bypass all that and go right to the beneficiary. And that's one of the best benefits that's out there for that. Awesome. Patrick, thanks so much for joining us this week. Tell us a little bit about how people can find you in Rogers Gray. So very simple. You can find us by going to rogersgray.com. We are a Baldwin Risk partner. So we are their footprint carrier for the New England area. We have a not only a national footprint, but also a global footprint with some of these other carriers we're partnered with. So when I talked about specialists, we can do it all, right? We have a employee benefits team. We have a workers comp team. We have a commercial insurance, a personal insurance and a life insurance team. So We're happy to help anybody that needs it. And you can simply Google my name and I'm sure you'll find me. (laughs) Awesome, Patrick. Thank you so much. You know, Allison, insurance is one of those things. It's like it's it's a life necessity, right? Like you kind of have to have it. It's important. I mean, there are some things you by law, you have to have it vehicle insurance and certain things. But uh, it's kind of interesting uh, to take look at it from the perspective of, you know, as a business owner, as a couple that owns a business together. And here's some of the information Patrick kind of gave us made me kind of think about the way we have things set up and should we be thinking about changing some stuff. Right. Like the purpose of insurance is to reduce that financial uncertainty and make accidental loss more manageable. And so it you know, it's it's to cover those what ifs. If you can't be self-insured where you have a stockpile of money at hand, what happens if something happens to you, if something happens to me? Um, how do we, wh- how are we going to function with the business and with home, especially in that short term while we need to make decisions? Yeah. And I think that it's tough sometimes to have those conversations because you have to think about the worst case scenario in a lot of ways. And I know as, you know, personally for me as a high eye and a, you know, very like person who tries to make everybody feel good, sometimes it's like really depressing and hard to talk about the negative things to help make those decisions. Right. But it's a lot easier to talk about those things when you're not in a situation where you have to make a decision. If we talk about our end of life plans now, when it's not emotionally charged, we will make better, easier decisions than when something is going on and something is happening. Yeah. And I know we've talked about it before on the show, but like one of the, I mean, not just with insurance, but with like everything, like our friend Gwen Morgan has the what if workbook that she put together. You can find it online. Look at whatifworkbook.com. And it's really good because it kind of concisely puts together in one spot, like all of those things that you need to be planning for. Yeah. I mean, you and I have our graves already. Um, We got them in our 20s because one of the hardest things I ever did was after your dad passed away was stand in this field and decide where to put him. He wasn't even my dad. So, you know, my parents helped us and my sister and brother-in-law. We're all set now because it's easier to do it when you're not in that emotionally charged space. And like that with insurance, it takes that stress or that pressure. If if and when that thing happens, it takes that stress and pressure off of your loved ones, off of your, you know, family. And it, and in the 
form of key man or key person insurance, um, it takes it off the business as well. Right. And, you know, we definitely need to figure out what we're going to do. You know, we need to do it. I know we need to do it um, because if something happens to one of us, we can use that money to ha- to hire and train, you know, new employees, protect our the business from revenue loss, pay off any debts or loans that we might still have outstanding, you know, and if if need be, have some money to do a severance package to help team members move along if that ends up being the decision we need to make. Yeah. And it's really hard because a lot of businesses like ours, you know, small family owned business where, you know, the husband and wife both work in it. I mean, we are the key people. And a lot of times I think about it, like if something were to happen to you or if something were to happen to me, it would be difficult for the other person to continue the business on. All right. And, you know, a lot of small business owners joke that they're going to work into the grave. And sadly, some do. Right. So it's definitely something I would recommend. I mean, reach out to Patrick. Uh, he's great. RogersGray.com slash powers. Is, you can find him. Send him an email. Give him a call. Um, and Rogers Gray is a great place if you want to reach out to them about insurance, especially if you're in the Northeast. Their footprint's, you know, up here. Right. And like Patrick said, their, their master company um, covers all over. So it doesn't matter where you're listening from. He can put you in touch with somebody who can help you. Yeah. So definitely check that out. Uh, you know. When I'm thinking about uh, trying to figure out finances, Allison, we listen to a lot of books, and a great place to listen to books is audible.com. And we'll give you a free 30 days of Audible. Um, all you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash bizmarried. That's audibletrial.com slash bizmarried. You get a free 30 days. There's plenty of books out there that you can listen to that are about personal financing and planning, all of those kind of things. Yeah, you know, some of the ones that we've talked about before that we really like are Profit First, um, the Total Money Makeover for personal stuff. It's got those all have lots of great information. Um, Smart Couples Finished Rich is always a good book, too. Yeah. And all of those are available at audible.com. Just go to audibletrial.com slash bizmarried. Sign up there. You get a free 30 days of Audible on us. You can listen to a book. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening this week. We'll be back next week with another show. Don't forget, you can find us online. Look for us on Instagram and Twitter at bizmarried. You can also search for us on Facebook, Married with a Business. And check out our website, Allison. Married with a Business. Yep, it's a great place. You can listen to this week's show. You can listen to old shows. You can find information about all of our resources, everything there, marriedwithabusiness.net. Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, not only is it important to focus on your business, but also your marriage, because we're Married with a Business. Married with a Business.